Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Rejuvenation's Health Radio on blogtalkradio.com. The show is brought to you by LipoLite Naples and your hosts are Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron. We are your station for everything natural. We are your station for information about slimming, shaping, and toning. We not only want you to live longer, we want you to have more life in those years. So without further ado, let's get on with today's show. Good afternoon, everyone. Dr. Ron Sr. here. Uh, it is April 26, 2016. Incredible. The year is just flying by. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. We had such great response to our two programs on statin drugs. And believe me, ladies and gentlemen, what we talked about is absolutely true. The statin drugs are less than 3% effective. They fail at least 97% of the time. So thank you for that. They are archived in case you want to listen to them again on Block Talk Radio. Uh, or if you want to have your friends or your cardiologist have a listen, please have them. Just go to blogtalkradio.com and look up Dr. Ron. So we are brought to you, ladies and gentlemen, by LipoLite Naples and Naples Cryo Spa. That facility is run by Dr. Ron Jr. at 1575 Pine Ridge Road, Suite Number 6 in Naples, Florida. The phone number there is area code 239-331-5886. Excuse me. Dr. Ron is a chiropractor with board certification in neurology. He does functional medicine certified by Dr. Dan Kalish of the Kalish Institute. And it is your place for rejuvenation, to to get slimmer, to get shapelier, to fit in those skinny jeans, to get ready for the beach. Also, if you have pain, the nitrogen chamber is the only monitored chamber of its kind in South Florida. Uh, the sessions last three minutes, and if you have chronic fatigue syndrome or uh, fibromyalgia or you're training for a specific event or you're post-operative from a surgical procedure, uh, you should consult with Dr. Ron to see how the nitrogen cryo spa can help you. So Dr. Ron can be reached at 331-5886 or cryo naples.com and take a look at that great website that he has if you go to lipolightnaples.com uh, you'll be able to download a free ebook on chiropractic care so ladies and gentlemen thank you again for the great response to the statin drug controversy and last week I titled the, the today's program medication and their effects and wouldn't you know it that uh, the rock industry was stunned uh, when we lost Prince, who died unexpectedly. He was just 57 years old. And even if you weren't a fan of Prince, his hits like Purple Rain, Little Red Corvette, you have to give him a lot of credit. He survived 40 years in that business, that music business. It's a tough business. While his career was unique, his death 
may not have been because we're learning that Prince may have been the latest victim of a dangerous and widely prescribed class of drugs, one that's still a big danger to you and the people you care about. In just the past few months, we've lost a couple of rock legends, right? Also talking about Glenn Fry of the Eagles. So, not to uh, dwell on this because we don't know all of the facts, but it was re- Prince was reportedly taking Percocet, which is oxycodone, to help treat an incredibly painful hip. And that may have played a role in his death. It's sad to think that Prince's life and career ended too soon. There are thousands of men and women who will never get to kiss their spouses or hug their grandkids again because of these drugs, ladies and gentlemen. Percocet is part of a dangerous class of medications that you've been warned about for years called opioids, opioid painkillers. They include pills like Oxycontin, Percodan, Vicodin that have been handed out like Halloween candy to people in pain and they're killing a lot of people it's a national epidemic how many people die a year 20,000 Americans a year are dying from opioid overdoses that's a lot of deaths aside from the damage these pills can do to everything from your heart to your liver they are also incredibly addictive and hard to quit Even if opioids didn't kill you, they've been linked to a horrifying list of side effects that include breathing problems, severe constipation, nausea, vomiting, and even dementia. And even worse, just a few years ago, the FDA hosted a meeting of top experts who admitted that opioids may be useless for treating lots of long-term pain. That's an important distinction now, long-term pain. Well, if you're taking that for chronic pain, not acute pain, it's time to have a talk with your doctor, ladies and gentlemen, and have them maybe start to wean you off of these. In any case, that will be the first talking point of today's show since we're going to be talking about medications and their effects. So have any of you heard of Mr. Butterworth? Well, there's also Dr. Bill wrote a poem. A man from Hoboken said, why can't I sit on my lap? If I tried, he turned round and round till he fell to the ground and finally gave up with a sigh. Like the man from Hoboken, the greater amount of modern medical research is devoted to finding solutions to problems that are confused in a maze of erroneous ideological hypotheses. To understand a problem is to first ascertain the underlying cause of the problem and establishing a sound foundation. Correct the cause, and then you can get the cure. And then uh, later on in the show, if we have time, we'll talk about IPADA, which is inverted pyramidal proliferation of theoretical assumptions. In other words, we have to know what is causing the problem before we can treat it, and that's why we're having all this trouble with liver transplants here in the United States. We're going to talk again about proton pump inhibitors, but also want to talk about something that's called therapeutic competition. Uh, Simply put, it means taking more than one drug 
at a time can have results that are a crapshoot. One medication might cancel out the effect of another, or taking a drug for one condition might make another illness worse. It looks like millions of us are taking part in an uncontrolled experiment, popping multiple pills every single day that have never been tested together. Because if they were, I don't think we would like the results. It would be like oil and water. Researchers at Yale and Oregon Health and Sciences University recently did something that you probably thought had been done already. They took a look at what can happen when multiple drugs are used by the same person, and they discovered something that most doctors don't know a thing about. I'm not talking about the well-known drug reactions, the kind that the pharmacies have computers to alert us to when we fill a prescription. This is different. It's about what these researchers call the danger in treating conditions, quote, one at a time, unquote. You know, the cardiologist might give you a drug to treat high blood pressure. Then your arthritis is acting up, so your rheumatologist gives you a pill for that. Well, that combo won't set off any red flags when you fill the, the prescription at your pharmacy. That blood pressure med could be making your arthritis much worse. And, of course, that can mean taking even more pills. The researchers found numerous conditions where this can happen, like high blood pressure, diabetes, and atrial fibrillation. The study co-author was Jonathan Lurgunupai, L-O-R-G-U-N-P-A-I, from Yale. He said more than 9 million older adults in the United States are being prescribed medications that may be causing them more harm than benefit. Some of the conditions these researchers found that compete with each other, where a drug is taken for one problem, can make another condition even more severe, include drugs for high blood pressure that can make arthritis, diabetes, and chronic lung disease and depression worse. Drugs to treat diabetes can worsen heart disease, including irregular heart rhythms, osteoporosis, and depression. Drugs taken for atrial fibrillation that can intensify osteoporosis, depression, and dementia. Along with worsening certain conditions, the study found that the more drugs you take, the more you up your chance of taking a fall and becoming confused and dizzy. That reminds me of when I heard uh, a a talk on anti-aging, the end of the talk, uh, was uh, summarized by if you want to live long, you know, hold on to your handrail and wear your seatbelt. Of course, yeah, the, the, the conference was on uh, natural uh, solutions to uh, anti-aging, but you know sometimes the practical conditions come first. So right now, uh, the author said we're probably treating too many conditions with too many medications. Of the almost 6,000 people that the research looked at, they found that over 20% of them were in this kind of drug trap. One of the problems is that drugs tend to focus on one disease at a time, said Dr. Lee. He also said that while many doctors are aware of this, they're not uh, too sure uh, of what to do about it. In fact, they end up doing nothing. The researchers found that even when doctors knew full well about these competing conditions, only 16% of the cases was the treatment ever changed in these patients. Dr. Lee said that doctors should just focus on the most serious health problem instead of using a drug to treat a different condition that could make the more serious health problem even worse. 
If you're taking multiple medications every day, it's time to have a talk with your physician about how to minimize them or get off of them or at the very least view as possible. And just one more thing while I'm on this, uh, a fast track drug approval uh, turned millions of Americans into guinea pigs. It's been four years now. We're finally learning more about the blood thinner Pradaxa. I'm sure you've seen this on the on the TV. Unfortunately, it's four years too late for many. It was first approved for people with AFib, that's atrial fibrillation, that's an irregular heartbeat. And it looks like those with exact those were exactly the ones the medication harmed the most. A recent study at the University of Pittsburgh. Now this is nine thousand Americans that were studied. Over 9,000 Americans found that those, uh, they found that those taking Pradaxa who had AFib had a much higher risk of a major, quote, bleeding event, unquote, especially in the gastrointestinal tract than those who were taking the older blood thinner warfarin, which we all know is a rat poison. And remember, that's the condition the FDA approved the drug to treat, the atrial fibrillation, but they ended up having side effects in the gastrointestinal tract. Dr. Rita Redberg, the editor of the journal JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association, where this study was published, said that this is, quote, cause for concern, unquote, as the bleeding risk is, quote, significantly greater than originally appeared at the time of the FDA approval, unquote. But what was known at the time of the Pradaxa approval by the FDA is that once you start bleeding, here's the problem. There's no way to stop it. And that can make taking Pradaxa pretty uh, serious uh, for your health. Almost a, a death sentence, huh? Finally, after thousands of serious bleeding events and over a thousand deaths from the drug, Bernwer Engelholm of uh, Germany uh, started a trial to see if there was an antidote. And according to the drug maker, this trial might take very long to complete, but don't worry about it. Somehow they believe in real life world situations, the chance of someone really needing this antidote is rare. Anyway, the drug company says its drug has been humming along for some time now without an antidote. So this is just additional things. Well, if you read the research, there's absolutely no reason to risk taking Pradacta, right? You should talk to your physician about that because there's once you start bleeding, as of right now, there is no antidote. Ladies and gentlemen, let's take a time out to hear uh, uh, about cryotherapy at Dr. Ron's office at Rejuvenations. This is Dr. Ron Repesey of Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Spa, your place to chill at 239-658-COOL. If you've not heard of whole body cryotherapy and suffer with back pain, joint pain, arthritis, fibromyalgia, or you're an athlete that wants quick recovery from sports injuries, then come chill with us at Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Sauna. Cryospa treatments take only three minutes and are supervised by physicians. Sessions are one-on-one in a private environment. Each treatment can also burn five to 800 calories. As seen on Dr. Oz, Cool Cryospa is truly amazing technology. 
Let's hear what Dr. Kurt Biggs, a well-respected orthopedic surgeon in Naples, has to say about cool cryotherapy. Hi, I'm Dr. Biggs of the Joint Replacement Institute. Since I started applying the cool cryosauna, my patients are healing much quicker and athletes are seeing quick recovery. I recommend this procedure for my surgical patients and athletes. Call Dr. Repesey now to schedule your cool cryo trial session, 239-658-COOL, 239-658-2665, located at 1575 Pine Ridge Road in the Noodles Italian Bistro Plaza. Rejuvenation's Cool Cryo Spa. Come chill with us. Okay, we're back. Great, great modality down there, ladies and gentlemen. All right, well, what is a... a drug that most people pop like candy well it's acetaminophen Tylenol the number one cause of uh, liver failure in the United States number one cause of you needing a liver transplant but guess what guess what there's been a bizarre new side effect and we'll go through some of the research on this side effect so we're not, are we, you know, I guess I was going to write here, do are we becoming a nation of wimps? But I don't think so. Latest research, however, shows that one way to ease your pain can hurt you in other ways because it turns out that taking Tylenol can transform a careful perfectionist into a mistake-prone klutz. The drug doesn't just dull pain, it dulls your brain. So you take it to dull your pain and you dull your brain so much that you could turn into a world-class screw-up. You wouldn't even realize it. In the new study, volunteers were given 1,000 milligrams of acetaminophen, which you know as Tylenol. Or they were given nothing at all. And they were given some reaction tests. They were popped in front of a computer whenever the letter F came on the screen and not hit the button if it was the letter E. Of course, the folks messed up at least some of the time, but the ones on Tylenol didn't seem to realize it. When they hit the button at the wrong time, they had lower levels of brain waves to get when we know we screwed up. This is just a silly test of a computer, but it begs the question, what the heck goes on when you take the medication and step outside into the real world? Studies show the drug can also turn you into an emotional zombie, turning down your feelings until you're duller than an old butter knife. And let's not forget how easy it is to OD on the drug, which can lead to, what did we say before, liver failure and possible death. All for a drug that doesn't work very well, because studies show it's practically worthless for common pains such as backaches and arthritis. So there are other alternatives uh, to uh, Tylenol. And a... Article from Medscape.com, April 21st, just proves the, the, what we've been talking about. A neuroimaging study sheds light on how. No, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to I'm going to read that one about to you about uh, when we get talking uh, about anticholinergics, which is like the uh, Benadryls and all the antihistamines and how they mess with your brain too. So here we have Tylenol messing with your brain. 
Uh, we know, and, and we're going to talk in a little bit about how anti, antihistamines cause brain shrinkage. And we know Tylenol messes with your brain. Uh, we know that being overweight messes with your brain. Uh, and we know that electromagnetic fields mess with your brain. So uh, is there any uh, wonder why we have so much depression, suicide, and drug use among uh, everybody here in the United States? It's really crazy, everything that's affecting us uh, health-wise. All right, so so we know now Tylenol can affect your feelings and and in, in your brain and how you re, how you react to things. And again, imaging shows a basis for anticholinergic harm in elderly. So, what are anticholinergics? Okay, drugs with definite anticholinergic effects range from antidepressants like Elevil. Uh, to antihistamines like Dimetab, Benadryl, Dramamine, other uh, Sinequan, antidepressant, even Demerol, muscle relaxant, Flexeril, and Robaxin, uh, Probanthine, which I don't think is used too much anymore, but drugs with anticholinergic effects. And I'll put them on the screen uh, for next week's show so you can have a look at them. Uh, but these drugs have been monitored with the use of a neuroimaging sh- uh, study and to see how they react with uh, on the brain. And the use of anticholinergic drugs compared with no use in normal older adults correlated with increased brain atrophy. That means the brain shrunk. And hypometabolism, that means the metabolic rate in those areas decreased, as well as poorer, worse memory, executive function, and an increased risk for cognitive decline. Previous studies have shown significant associations between the use of anticholinergic medications and poor cognition, poor thinking, as well as increased risk of dementia. And we all know. what dementia is, and I think all of us know somebody that's suffering with dementia or Alzheimer's. Our study replicated the previous findings and further extended the work by looking at neuroimaging measures of brain structure and function, said Dr. Rissischer at the Center for Neuroimaging Department of Radiology and Imaging Science, Indiana University School of Medicine, Indianapolis. Ultimately, the study extends the previous literature by suggesting potential brain alterations that could be leading to the impairments in cognition that have been observed with other anticholinergic medication. And again, the most common one that we would all know is Benadryl or, or antihistamine drugs for allergies. The findings support recommendations to in to avoid anticholinergic medications in the elderly when possible. This study was published in the Journal of the American Medical Association Neurology, April 18th. The findings are based on 402 older, cognitively normal adults with a mean age of 73. And... 
the Indiana Memory and Aging Study. So this this was a fairly good group of people. As part of the studies, cognitive, neuroimaging, and other data are collected at regular intervals. Of the 402 patients, <clears throat> excuse me, 52 were taking at least one medication with a medium or high anticholinergic activity, and 350 were not taking anticholinergic medication. So they compared those a group of people taking it. Uh, with those not taking it, and quote, given the literature on paracognition with these medications, as well as our current findings, patients taking anticholinergics should talk to their doctors about all prescriptions and over-the-counter anticholinergic medications they are taking to see whether continuing these medications is prudent, given the risk-benefit ratio, and see if there are alternative treatments available. So I think uh, this is really a, a good information to have for you uh, regarding anticholinergics. Okay, so we talked a little bit of Tylenol. Uh, we talked uh, some about, somewhat about anticholinergics and uh, the brain shrinkage. And you know how I feel about statin drugs, and probably you if you have been listening to Rejuvenations Health Radio, you know how I feel about uh, the purple crack, the Nexium, the proton pump inhibitors. Uh, and we've talked about this, but I'm going to have to ask you a question again. When was the last time you thought about your kidneys? If you've ever had a kidney stone, that sure got you thinking about them, right? But for the most part, they're like the kitchen help in a decent restaurant. They're always there doing their job, and you never see them or even think about them unless something goes wrong. And if you want to keep it that way, do your kidneys a favor, and please lay off the stomach acid drugs. Taking proton pump inhibitors, such as Nexium and Prolosic, is pretty much like dropping a bomb in your kidneys. And new research confirms that they can set you down a path toward kidney failure. The longer you use these proton pump inhibitors, the higher your risk. Take them for five years, and your odds of developing chronic kidney disease jump up 28%, published in the Journal of the American Society of Nephrology. Think that's bad? Because the same study finds your risk of chronic kidney failure actually doubles. The researchers claim that overall risk is low. Without proton pump inhibitors, your risk is about 0.2%. And with the drugs, it doubles to 0.4%. You think that's comforting? But Well, just think about this. There's other studies that found the numbers that were much more frightening. I told you of uh, four studies last year uh, that found four of every 300 seniors on proton pump inhibitors suffer from kidney failure. I don't know. I don't think that's a low risk, in my opinion. You'll have to make up your own mind and talk with your physician. But uh, with all the other uh, side effects of proton pump inhibitors like addiction and osteoporosis, et cetera, uh, you, you really just don't want to have kidney failure, too, do you? If you find yourself locked in the dialysis room three days a week, up to five hours at a uh, five hours at a time, 
ain't too good. So reflexes, the reflux can make you do some miserable, can make you feel miserable, right? Uh, but And you'll think, well, I'll play the odds. Well, I wouldn't start, start jumping for joy if you're among the 296 out of 300 who don't develop kidney failure. 296 out of 300 don't develop kidney failure. All that jumping could cause you to crack a bone, which is another side effect of the drugs. Remember I told you it can affect the absorption of calcium and magnesium. And we know that calcium can lead to to weak bones. Those low magnesium levels could have you jumping right into the grave, too, because the efficiency could literally stop your heart. We talked about the low low levels of B12 because there's not enough acid to help the B12 be, get, be absorbed further down in your intestine. So you need to talk to your physician about deglycerized liquors. It's called DGL. And uh, something, you you know, it doesn't sound too good, fresh squeezed cabbage juice. But, you know, do you, you want that or uh, you want to take a chance on uh, staying on a dialysis machine? The choice is yours. Well, I was thinking Dr. Jerry Smith would call in today because he had an interesting conversation this week with a fellow physician, and we'll have him on next week to talk about uh, electromagnetic fields and how they can how they are affecting us, along with all the other uh, toxic stuff we have in our environment, uh, and maybe how to build an inexpensive. Uh, environmentally friendly uh, generator up to 2KW. I think it'd be an interesting conversation to have. And I have also invited a friend of mine who's a physicist uh, to participate in that. So just to take a little break from the medications, uh, I want to advise you about a website called Antenna. Search.com, A-N-T-E-N-N-A, search.com. And with this site, you can see how many antennas and towers are within a four-mile radius of your home. An area that is less populated may have four towers. A denser area may have 45 or more. Okay, because we will be talking about again about how these electro this electromagnetic pollution affects your health. The other thing I want to advise you is uh, if you have a smart meter, uh, you know we have recommended for years that you have it removed. Uh, some states allow it. Uh, down here in Florida, it costs you an extra couple bucks a month to have it out of there, but they are. Con- they continually transmit and receive electromagnetic fields. And we again, we don't know the long-term effect of all this electromagnetic fields on our bodies, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're, we're living the experiment. So uh, we'll, we'll try and, and, and tie that in next week. And while we're talking about, uh, we talked to open the show about Prince uh, dying. Uh, I just want to let you know, there's nothing we can do about this condition, but something to be aware of. Uh, you know that actor uh, Robin Williams' death was caused by suicide. 
But did you know that a commonly misdiagnosed brain disease called Lewy body dementia, they call it LBD, is said to be the real underlying cause of his premature death? His wife said that since 2014, his, the last year of his life, it was plagued. That year was plagued by unexplained mental symptoms like delusions and anxiety, as well as physical symptoms of muscle rigidity and impaired movement. And it was not realized that Robin Williams was suffering from Lewy body dementia or dementia with Lewy bodies until his body was autopsied. So this dementia is a complex brain disorder that can be very tricky to diagnose, treat, and manage. Again, to be aware of it in order to diagnose it. So this this, this disorder, this LBD, is not as well known as its cousins, Alzheimer and Parkinson, but it's not a rare health problem. According to NIH, the National Institute, I mean NIA, the National Institute on Aging, over one million Americans are affected by Lewy body dementia and the challenging effects that it has. I'd like to tell you there's hope for Louis. Some LBD symptoms may respond to treatment for a period of time, but currently there is no cure. However, there is some good news. While having a family member with this problem can increase your risk, LBD is not normally considered genetic disease, so it's just because it runs your family doesn't mean you're destined to have it as well. More positive news is your lifestyle can have a big impact when it comes to your chances to, of developing brain diseases like Lewy body dementia. A healthy, nourishing diet, regular exercise, daily mental stimulation are just some of the things you can do to help ward off and improve LBD. So, very... Uh, Probably, probably never heard much about it. It's uh, a million Americans a year, and of course, you know they. Some of the things we advise for Alzheimer's, like re avoiding sugar and refined carbohydrates, avoid gluten, and then the, the uh, metal aluminum. We have known for thirty, forty years, maybe longer. Aluminum is toxic to the brain, so avoid foods packaged in aluminum. Make sure you're not using any aluminum-based cookware and avoid aluminum-based deodorants. Alcohol in moderation and tap water. Now, we don't talk enough about this because some of us live in really great areas, but tap water often contains environmental toxins, some of it which could be damaging neurologically. So maybe we should all get a good reverse osmosis filter uh, and opt for the purified water. And, you know, a low-carbohydrate diet is anti-inflammatory, organic, unprocessed foods, dark leafy vegetables, wild fish. You know I'm a proponent of coconut oil because it provides the brain with ketones that it can use instead of glucose. You know I love avocado and avocado oil. And green tea has a lot of polyphenols and antioxidants. I'm not saying they're going to help you, but they definitely won't hurt you. And they they uh, are subject of a great lifestyle. 
And brain health also is helped by vitamin D3, like 5,000 units a day. Vitamin D, as you know, is required for brain function, and many, many of us are deficient in it because of the amount of time we spend where? Indoors, not outdoors. And a lot of us who go outdoors load ourselves up with SPF 50 and what have you. And as I've told you, SPF 8 blocks 90% of the vitamin D. So we probably are all deficient, and we all should have that list on for our physical. So supplementing with 5,000 units a day. And some physicians even recommend supplementing with ginkgo biloba, about 120 milligrams a day. Exercise, always important. You know, get your meat off the seat and get moving. And they think exercise may directly benefit and 
and the an antioxidation balance as uncontrolled free radical production can impair its function and defense mechanism. Due in large part to its vitamin C content, red cabbage is hot, is a high antioxidant food and fights that free radical damage and strengthens your immune system. So what have you learned on Rejuvenations Health Radio, ladies and gentlemen? A, a weakened immune system and chronic inflammation are the basis of most diseases. So red cabbage is an antioxidant. And guess what it does? Number two, flights fights inflammation and arthritis. Red cabbage contains inflation, fighting, phytonutrients. A study published in Research in Pharmaceutical Science, that was the journal, ladies and gentlemen, Research in Pharmaceutical Science, showed that when testing the effects of the consumption of extracts of cabbage on the immune response, there was a reduction in swelling. Because inflammation can cause swelling and pain in the joints, such as with arthritis, eating a diet filled with anthocyanin-rich fruits and vegetables like red cabbage should be part of your daily regimen. So these types of anti-inflammatory foods help prevent and naturally treat arthritis and arthritic complications. I'll give you a test on that one next week. Well, it also, number three, has anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, and number three, it aids healthy bones and reduces the risk of osteoporosis. Why? Red cabbage is, is a vitamin K-rich food, and we know that vitamin K increases the amount of a specific protein required to maintain bone calcium thus reducing the risk of osteoporosis. So it should be part of any osteoporosis diet plan. Well, throw in number four here, combats chronic disease. Degenerative and chronic disorders, you know, and I'm going to include Alzheimer's in that, Parkinson's in that, affect more than 45 million people worldwide and often strike older adults adults characterized by progressive deterioration of nerve cells leading to cell death and DNA damage by reactive species is associated with susceptibility to human degenerative disorders. In other words, as the oxidation of our nerve cells progress, we become more susceptible to these chronic neurological conditions. A study from the University of Auckland, that's in New Zealand, stated the antioxidant activities were compared from the extract of six anthocyanin-rich edible plants, including red cabbage, red lettuce, blueberries, pansies, purple sweet potato skin, purple sweet and Maori potato flesh, all but the red lettuce extract were found to reduce the effects of DNA damage in the colon cancer cells. They said that this uh, showed that the the disease-fighting ability of red cabbage, which was included uh, in these uh, cancer-fighting foods. So a little, little, little circuitous there, but that eating red cabbage can prevent DNA damage. It promotes gut health. Why? 
We know that probiotic foods provide a good dose of much-needed good bacteria that our digestive systems crave. But what does that have to do with red cabbage, right? Have you ever heard of kimchi? K-I-M-C-H-I? My daughter makes it. She lives in southern Spain, but she makes it. While most kimchi is made from green cabbage, we are seeing more and more kimchi made from red and purple cabbage. This traditional Korean fermented food is manufactured by fermenting vegetables with a probiotic lactic acid bacteria. There are many bacteria involved in the fermentation of kimchi, but this lactic acid bacteria becomes dominant. Bacteria are suppressed during the salting of the cabbage and the fermentation. So it's a great probiotic. That's the bottom line. Kimchi is considered a vegetable probiotic food that contributes health benefits similar to yogurt, okay? And kefir. Red cabbage is is loaded with uh, vitamins and minerals. Only 28 calories per, uh, for, you know, uh, 89 grams of it. Like four, four ounces or so. All right, so... If you're thinking about it, put some red cabbage in your diet. Contains 10 times more vitamins than green cabbage. 10 times. Loaded with vitamin C. Loaded with vitamin C. There's a, there's science associated with red cabbage that I looked into today, but it gets complicated. And there's, you know, you can use it raw in salads. You can cook it, whatever you want to do with it. Okay. So... Boy, we had a, a just a wild show here today. Let me see who uh, is. Uh, is that your number, Doctor Jerry? Yeah, Doctor Jerry's here. I had uh, an emergency, unfortunately, so I got on a little bit late. But uh, okay, well, I, I I thought that you might come on today because uh, you know, as, as usual, you uh, get my adrenaline going that they were. Uh, Inopportune times for me, and get me uh, losing sleep when I got my my I got my Wi-Fi turned off. I have my circuit breakers off, and under my Faraday cage, you come up with Q6, and I can't get it out of my head. All right, let me just wrap up. Build it. All right, just give me. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've talked about Tylenol, PPIs, uh, anti-cholinergics, which include all the popular antihistamines. Please, if you had, if you are on these drugs, please listen to the, the first part of this program again and talk to your physician about getting off of these drugs. You know how we had a, a two-week show on statin drugs, only effective, maybe 2% of the time. Why are we taking them with all the side effects that they have? And I, I did bring it a little bit on this show about electromagnetic fields uh, because I had a feeling that Dr. Jerry would be calling in today uh, about something called Q6 and some kind of uh, plasma generator, but you know what? My my intuition was right, and here he is, so I'm going to let him th- just uh, tell you what he's building. Well, it's interesting. Uh, there's a Keshe Institute, um, this Iranian physicist, uh, developed technology that I guess was based on Tesla's research from back in the 30s, and it literally pulls the free energy in from the surrounding environment, and um, I had a nice long conversation with um, a, a, a doctor up in Gainesville over the weekend, and uh, this Dr. Talmor, T-A-L-M-O-R, really 
very sweet guy, does energetic medicine, shared some really pearls with me. He said, number one, these Wi-Fi EMFs cause a disconnect between the brain and the organs and the tissues of the body. So this is why there's so many disease processes that are starting to pop up the more Wi-Fi and EMF transmissions that are occurring. Um, the other interesting thing, he said, natural energy waveforms are three-dimensional. And when you get inundated with the conventional electrical um, you know, current that's being you know, produced and provided by you know, PE and back in Pennsylvania or whatever it is, power and light and down in Florida, it's, it's a distorted energy pattern which actually jazzes up your body and, and causes um, you know, constant stimulation. The other crazy thing is that with this technology, you literally can build your own little device. I mean, I, I went to Home Depot and I started to buy some copper wire and put together the capacitors and all. It's, it's a no-brainer. It just takes, a, you know, it's laborious. It takes a little time, you know, but there's, there's a 12-step video that's available on YouTube. And I will, Ron, I will send you the link so your listeners can you know, get on your website, click it, and, and look at the steps. And basically, you can build a device that plugs into your uh, household current. And what it does is it creates a plasma field around the wires and your appliances throughout the whole house. So this plasma field just starts to pull energy in from the environment, and it's free. And it reduces your electric bill, in some cases, maybe 70%. And it's healthier. The other wild thing is these LED lights, even though they may save you money and they're brighter, it's actually broadcast Wi-Fi, and that's very unhealthy for you. It really disturbs and stimulates your body. In fact, you were telling me about your, your friend of yours that bought a penthouse, and he had all this expensive electrical um, equipment installed in this development that he put up there, and now he's got anxiety attacks. And this is what it's doing to the population. It's, it's creating... Um, Psychic problems, uh, agitation, uh, ill health. I mean, my mentor, Dietrich Klinghart, you know, flat out tells you that he's cured cancer, Alzheimer's, all kinds of, you know, Lyme disease. And then when these people get, you know, surrounded by EMFs and the smart meters, their disease processes come right back. So that's how dangerous these things are, people. It's not something that's, uh, you know, maybe if it's a given. Well, well, uh, yeah. I, ladies and gentlemen, if you uh, want the uh, uh, YouTube uh, series that Doctor uh, Jerry's talking about, just email me at docronradio d o c r o n radio at gmail dot com, and I'll get that to you. Uh, this, I started looking at it, Jerry. I did find it myself, and I didn't have the time. Apparently, you took the time to listen to all uh, those those uh, videos, but they look like they were well done. Yeah, it's simple. You know, it's like a recipe. It's he goes step by step, and he goes very slowly. And um, you know, if if you have nothing to do and you're down there uh, tired of playing checkers or chess or tennis or whatever, (laughs) (laughs) you could start to build one of these things. Use some more different neurons in your brain so you won't degenerate. Well, I did. I did build the vertical garden, and I'm 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 on the second version of it now. And I did get one great crop of all non-GMO 
uh, lettuce and kale and curly kale. I didn't have to worry about the uh, uh, thallium content of my kale. It, was, it really turned out great. So now I will build a generator getting ready for hurricane season. But I'm going to find out how yours turns out first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you yeah, have number one. Well, yeah, it's not so much a generator in that it literally pulls energy out of the the environment and reduces your electric bill. So from that perspective, you know, it's a great economic uh, savings. And you could buy one for, I think it's 700 euros, um, which was maybe about $850 U.S., but uh, this you could literally build yourself, and it's not expensive because, you know, copper wire is like 17 cents a foot or something like that. It's ridiculous. Hmm. But but it's uh, uh, it's novel, you know. It's it, how it, much how it much helps. space is this thing? How much space is it going to take up? It's not. I didn't get to that part of it. Yeah, but basically, you build it around a four inch by four inch glass cube that you can uh-huh. plant flowers in, and wow. you use that as your little box. So I, I didn't get to the end of the of the twelve series yet. But you know what the heck's four inches by four inches? It's nothing. Right, so you're still twirling? Uh, Did you twirl almost, the carpool? Yeah, I'm done my twirl. Well, the only thing I have to do is make the – there's two coils. There's a like a 10-millimeter a, a coil and a 5-millimeter and a coil, and which is very simple to do. And then you insert the smaller one into the larger one, and I haven't gotten to that part of the uh, exercise yet, but it, it doesn't look complicated. Well, all right. I, I, I'll have to look into it. And anybody, as I say, ladies and gentlemen, just email me at docronradio.com and I'll forward that link to you. Uh, but uh, this is really interesting uh, uh, material. And, you know, we can talk about the, the medication effects and side effects and competing uh, uh, drugs. But, you know, we also have to uh, be concerned about our environment. And uh, the it's almost like hypertension was called the silent killer. Well, maybe EMF and these this radio frequency and electronic frequency that we're being exposed to could be a, a silent killer also in this new age. So uh, we need well, to talk more about it. Yeah, and you know they're they're forcing the people to buy these crazy bulbs, uh, which are really toxic. These CFF bulbs, they literally have mercury vapor in there, and you're getting the frequency of the mercury uh, if you're in the room where these things are lit. That is really it's really scary. I mean, uh, no wonder why, why everybody's having uh, d- different mental problems and physical problems. And you know, just just below the uh, the, the, the the disease, you know, the pre-disease type of thing. You know, where you go to the doctor, all oh, your blood tests are all normal. There's nothing wrong wrong with you. It must be in your head. Well, it probably is in your head, but it's because of the electromagnetic fields that are being uh, messing with your brain. So uh, we have to talk more about this, Jerry. It's really important. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny because I just spoke to Carol uh, this morning, and she was telling me how she was at a friend's house, and she felt like really good because they didn't have any of the fancy light bulbs. And then when she gets back home, she says she gets exhausted. And I told her, I said, try turning off the lights for a while. And, and uh, this morning she said she she did feel a difference by not you know using the lights in, in the house that she's renting. That is amazing, though, how the effect, uh, the body really wants to be normal, how the body uh, get, gets right back to homeostasis once you give it the opportunity to do so. Yeah. It is real. It happens a lot. It happened during my career in medicine. And if you could just just nudge it along rather than, than, than sl- use a sledgehammer, just use a little ball-peen hammer, 
body just goes right back. It, it wants to be normal. It wants to get those life forces, that yin and that yang. It wants to get it flowing, and it, it'll do it if you give it the nutrition, the environment, the, the peace of mind, and all, all those other things we've talked about. So this and this this uh, magnetic field is. Uh, whether it be radio frequency or like or electric frequency, I think it's really the uh, a hot topic for the future. And I know well, you feel it's going to get worse. Yeah, I mean Dietrich Klinghardt, one of my main mentors, was saying that there's a direct correlation between the r- dramatic rise in autism and the number of cell towers that are popping up all over the place. Well, that is that's huge. You know, yeah. when I when I when I studied with Hans Dieper when I went to Hanover, Germany to spend some time with this genius, who was a PhD in physics as well as an oncologist, uh, he had the most patients in the world with multiple sclerosis. And he had charted now this is back in the late eighties, early nineties. He had charted the electric fields of the United States and found that MS was more common in where there were more high energy electric lines, you know, if people live in close proximity to them. And they're the ones you could see in those days. You know, we weren't really concerned in, in the late in the eighties about EMF, but you know, he was really ahead of his time. It's a shame that he has passed, but uh he uh, had he when I went to see him, he had two file cabinets, east of the Atlantic and west of the Atlantic. I mean, that's how popular he was. Uh, but now it's now it's uh, at a, to a new scale, right? Yeah, it's out of control. And you know, just the things that you're doing too. I mean, putting frequencies of medication so pe- people don't have to take the drugs, just they can be exposed to the frequency. All things I think are going to be happening in the future. Uh, we just have to let people mm-hmm. know that. It's available. Yeah, and it's uh, safer in the uh, frequency form as opposed to the molecular form. Yeah, and, and you know, again, it's just a matter of education because a lot of pay, a lot of people listening to the show and a lot of physicians, they don't have the time to even understand this uh, about frequencies and how they affect you. I mean, uh, they're bombarded by from the time they're in medical school to uh, even while they're practicing with the big pharma companies coming in and treating them to vacations or what have you. Uh, so we have to help our our listeners educate their physicians. Or fire well, them. <laughs> yeah, or fire them and go to go to somebody. Exactly, but I mean, we have to. Uh, it, it, we we know that just taking drugs is not the answer. It's not the answer. We need a more holistic approach. Well, Jerry, you know it's uh, almost one hour that we've wow. that, that since yeah. the show started, and uh, I would like to ask you if uh, next week if you would come back and we can just continue the discussion of electromagnetic fields. I also want to talk a little bit about vitamin D since we're, you know, I, I just feel and see more people slathering on uh, the, the sunscreen, which I have no problem with uh, as long as uh, you're using one that's environmentally friendly to your skin and doesn't have carcinogens in it. And, and you know what your vitamin D level is, but uh, I think we need to have a little discussion about vitamin D and electromagnetic fields. You know, it was interesting. McCollin, one of his newsletters, showed that the same companies that make the sunscreen also make the chemotherapy <laughs> drugs. <laughs> wow. That really, that's crazy. And ladies and gentlemen, EWG, environmentalworkinggroup.org, EWG.org. If you're using a sunscreen, you think it's good, good check it out. They, they'll they tell you which ones cause cancer or not. Some of them cause cancer. 
Is that unbelievable? You put on a sunscreen to prevent skin cancer, and they cause cancer. So, ladies and gentlemen, EWG.org. And like you heard, some of the sunscreen manufacturers are making the chemo, too. And anyway, we'll talk a little bit about that in the melanoma scare from the sun, which the sun is not bad. We should not be demonizing the sun. Well, Jerry, I was going to talk a little bit about dental health uh, also today, but we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. And okay. you're, probably, you're you're really aware of that, I'm sure. But uh, our 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 teeth. I was going to talk a little bit about well, before we close the show. Let me just. I heard a dentist talking about X-rays, especially dental X-rays, and uh, a lot of people know that a, a lot of the old X-ray machines uh, you know, could affect your thymus, your thyroid, maybe even your brain. This physician was talking about supplementing with iodine when you had dental x-rays. Any any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, that's a, a good thing. Plus, um, you know, eating seaweeds, which are young or contractive, you know, the people around ground zero from Hiroshima, you know, they the ones eating high concentrations of seaweed had minimal radiation damage from the explosion. So the key is the... Uh, you know, organic minerals help to counteract the effect of radiation, which is in or expansive. All right. That's good. Okay. We'll talk a little bit more about that because maybe prophylactically, uh, if you're going to your dentist for your yearly checkup and some dentists absolutely insist you get x-rayed, maybe uh, if you like, like your dentist and uh, maybe you want to stay there, maybe you should be taking, we'll talk a little bit about iodine and, and that and, and seaweed. Yeah, and also, you right. know, in a nice way, you can ask them not to take so many x-rays every six months. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe you can talk about it, if they're really needed or not. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Rejuvenations Health Radio with Dr. Ron and the illustrious New Age <laughs> Cutting, Dr. Jerry Smith. <laughs> he drives me crazy. Absolutely <laughs> drives me crazy. Gives me a headache, and I will not take Tylenol. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully he'll come in next week and get our adrenaline pumping. I mean, I, I can I can talk all day about the science and and the the uh, logic of things, but he he is not only logical; he's out there, ladies and gentlemen. He thinks of things like uh, getting my my blood pressure going really high. So I really enjoy having him here on the show. He's really a, a stimulant to my brain. So. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, next week, if you're around, tell your friends, uh, blogtalkradio.com, Dr. Ron, uh, the phone number, if they want to just uh, listen in, if they don't have a computer, they can listen in at 347-989-8899. All of the shows are archived. All the ones with Dr. Smith are archived. So they can go on there anytime at blogtalkradio.com. Just search Dr. Ron, and they'll see the list of shows from when we first started out on Thursdays. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you with an attitude of gratitude. I'll sign off today, and we'll see you next week. And thank you, Dr. Jerry, and thank you for all our listeners. And uh, hope we had a good count today. We're looking to reach that 50,000 mark, ladies and gentlemen. So if you know anyone that uh, you like the show and you want to tell them to listen in, that would be fantastic. And then, I, you know, I can't get off the show today without mentioning that we have to have Miss Carol Kine back on because she was, we only had her on once and she was fantastic. Yep. So we'll, we'll, yeah, uh, just I'll refer, talk to Dr. Yeah. Dr. It's Dr. I just Dr. referred two patients to her. It's very fascinating because what she does is mind blowing that, you know, people have this baggage and they don't even realize it. 
Right. Well, we're going to have to talk about that next week, and then we'll come up with a date when she's available, ladies okay. and gentlemen, and we will advertise it. So thank you again. Have a great week. God bless, and we'll see you next week. Thank you, Ron. You're welcome. Dr. Ron and Dr. Ron have left the building. Thank you for listening to Rejuvenation. <laughs>